Hey, welcome to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm Asli Maslow, a brand coach, speaker, author, marketer, and the founder of Pretty AF and the Babble Boutique. I help entrepreneurs going from living paycheck to paycheck in a job they hate to thriving in a career and life they love. This is your place to learn from me and other entrepreneurs that are Pretty AF inside and out. We get into how to create income doing what you love while finding balance between your wellness, beauty, travel, and philanthropy. If you're ready to get inspired and have actionable steps to build the life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. One of my favorite ones to give my clients is for the neck. All of us have neck tightness, especially in the last few months, but all you do is you pretend there's a string at the top of your head, the crown of your head, pulling it towards the ceiling so that everything comes really nice and straight. And then you bring, keeping your shoulders relaxed, bring your ear, so your left ear, down to your left shoulder. And just let your head hang. If you need a little bit more stretch, you can place your left hand on top of your head. Don't pull down, but just the weight of your hand is going to continue to add a little bit of pressure and stretch out the muscle group we call scalenes. That's mm-hmm. the one that helps you tilt your head side to side. Then you switch to the right ear, to the right shoulder, and it will stretch out the other side of your neck. Hey, welcome back to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm your host, Asley Maslow, and that clip was from today's guest, my cousin, Kara. Kara is a mom of the most adorable three-year-old. She is a massage therapist. And on today's episode, she shares everything you ever wanted to ask a massage therapist, but didn't want to be annoying. She gives the best tips on how to massage your partner, why you need massage, how it's actually preventive, and all the things that massage can help you do. So I'm so excited about this episode. I've never had a massage therapist on before, so let's get into it. When I was pregnant with Elise, my pregnancy was high risk. My cervix started failing at 24 weeks, which is just the cutoff of viability. So they had to do surgery to keep her inside and let me continue through the pregnancy, but there was a risk that I would go into labor at any time. I wasn't having any signs of labor I just went to the doctor and they're like, oh, hey, we noticed that your cervix is like opening. That's (laughs) awful. (laughs) I was stressed, very stressed. And at like 32 weeks pregnant, I got a prenatal massage and it made me forget the last eight weeks of stress, like constant daily stress. For one hour, I didn't feel any of it. I relaxed least relaxed like she was super active in my stomach and she didn't move barely at all for that entire hour I realized I was my body was asleep even though my brain was still functioning and thinking like I could hear myself snoring even (laughs) though I was like coherent which I thought was amazing so cool it was funny but it was also just like wow this lady gave me peace of mind that nothing has been able to give me for over two months now Mm mm-hmm I want to do that for someone. Yeah. Um, when Elise was almost three months old, the massage school I had uh, done an orientation at like six months prior um, said, hey, if you come back for another orientation and you decide to enroll, then you can get grandfathered into our old pricing. I was like, okay, whatever. It's worth a shot. And 
the more I thought about it, the more I realized I didn't want to work in a grocery store forever. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with the company I worked at, but that's not like a, the legacy or the example I wanted to leave for my daughter and having her like changed my perspective in so many ways. So I quit my job, enrolled in school full time and did fantastic in massage school. I was towards the top of my class, even raising practically a newborn. Um, I breastfeed on my breaks or (laughs) pump. um, And it was just fantastic. And like, I grew so much in that eight months of school, that eight months of being a mom and a student that I just didn't know how I was going to stop. And in school, they don't really teach you anything about prenatal massage. Mm. They do like a really short, like one day class. And then you move on. They basically tell you pregnant moms are scary to touch. No one wants to touch them. (laughs) So if you want to figure that out, go take more classes and figure it out. Yeah. Um, After graduation, I kind of fell into the place I worked at for the last two years. I didn't know breast massage was a thing. I didn't even know that was legal. And (laughs) the place I work at, we help women with breast cancer, with uh, any kind of breast surgery or augmentation, and even breastfeeding moms, helping them with any clogs and everything. Um, So I've gotten to really in the last three years, see all these different avenues that I never even knew existed. Mm -hmm. And they just felt so right and so natural. And then the pandemic hit. (laughs) Chaos kind of ensued. I had no idea if my job was going to last, Mm -hmm. um, how long the business was going to be able to stay in business. And if we were going to have anyone willing to come in Mm -hmm. and I realized how important body work is for a lot of people not just like oh massages are really nice and relaxing but so many people live in constant daily pain that okay yes there are risks involved with getting a massage during a pandemic but my quality of life is so low without it that I don't care Mm -hmm. I was like well damn, I don't want to leave people like that. Yeah. So the whole year has just kept pushing me forward, pushing me forward, pushing me forward. And I realized if I want to do all the things that I want to do, I need to make a change. And it's hard to be a student, be a mom and be a full-time employee. Mm -hmm. All three of those individually are a full-time thing. Trying to do three full-time things in one day isn't working. Yeah. (laughs) And I have a skill that I can use to help people on a more personal level. So Mm -hmm. instead of going with the company and sticking to their guidelines, I can meet people one-on-one and really address what their problems are, where their pain comes from and what we can do together to get them in a better quality of life. So that's where I'm at now. I'm trying to help women just understand it doesn't take much to feel better. We can do lots of things that, yes, they'll feel good in the moment. Yes, it'll feel like a luxury, but it'll improve your quality of life long term, Mm -hmm. not just for the hour I see you, but 
overall we can make changes and that's what i want to really make people aware of um we can change a lot of things in just a little bit of time so why wouldn't we yeah i know you look at massages as preventative care can you kind of explain what that means and why we should look at it that way so for for anybody our brain does this really cool thing where if we have constant stimulus, it blocks it out. So pain is one of the last signs our body uses to tell us that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. And we all ignore our pain all day long. <laughs> I don't have time to deal with this headache. I don't have time to deal with this backache. I don't have time to deal with the pain in my neck. I don't have time. So I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to ignore it and eventually it'll go away, which leads to injury. Instead of just being a kink in your neck, it becomes a whole postural shift. Mm-hmm. So instead of like, oh, my neck feels weird. I slept funny last night. Uh, instead of just, I'll deal with it later. If we can use body work, use massage and stretching to address the problem when it starts, instead of it causing an injury down the line where if you ignore your neck pain long enough, your doctor is going to say, wow, you have no curve left. You need to seek medical care. If we can get the muscles to relax, get that hypertonic tissue to smooth out, relax, let go, then you're not going to have this continuous stress on your body that's going to eventually break it down. So with athletes, they have someone who, like on professional levels, athletes have someone typically who helps them after workout routines, they help them after practices, and they help them during events. Mm -hmm. Not all of us are athletes, but we all do things in our everyday life that cause our body pain and stress. Most of us are sitting way too much now, staring at a computer, so our heads are pulling forward, our shoulders are rounding, our backs are getting really strained. Even those of us who didn't have neck and back pain last year, Almost everyone has it now. Yeah. Um, so if we can just take a couple minutes a day to address some things ourselves, or an hour a week, once a week, once a month to smooth everything out, correct it, push it back to where it needs to be, then we're not going to need to end up with surgeries or with corrective medical devices like canes or back braces or things like that. We can avoid the injury before it ever starts. Mm-hmm. So that like little kink in your neck or like irritation in your back, like eventually over time that can lead to bigger issues. Yes. Yes. We call it a, a repetition injury or a continuous use injury. Mm-hmm. So like all of us in America, we drive with our right foot and instead of picking it up from brake pedal to gas pedal, we pivot it. Mm-hmm. So we all have or most people have their right foot turned out a little bit. And that isn't in the foot, that's up in the glutes and deep hip rotators. So most of us tend to have a little bit more tightness and discomfort on our right low back and right glutes. Hmm. So that's a simple thing that all of us experience, but we can all address with just a little bit of massage. It's not something you can avoid. It's not like we're all going to just stop driving, (laughs) but it is something that we can smooth out and address so that it doesn't cause 
long-term issues. You can look at like sciatic nerve pain. It's something a lot of people experience, um, especially like their 40s forward, like put a handful of women in a room and probably three of five will put their hands up and say, yes, I have sciatica. It's not that they were diagnosed with sciatica. It's that they have that sciatic nerve pain and it's probably just from really tight glutes and deep hip rotators. So most of people have it on the right side. So instead of being a statistic of, oh, I'm in my 40s and I have pain from my low back down my leg, let's smooth that out and get you feeling better before it's ever even a problem. So how often do you recommend the average person gets a massage? I tell most of my clients every four to six weeks, unless you have like an injury that needs addressing more frequently mm-hmm. or um like an acute injury that we need to tackle a couple times a week or once every week for a few weeks to get it to calm down that's different but for the average person every four to six weeks is good that keeps our body on a maintenance schedule and doesn't let problems get out of hand so I know you mentioned some about stretching and that's kind of another way to help with the pains do you have some stretches that we can do that in places that most people experience pain so one of my favorite ones to give my clients is for the neck all of us have neck tightness especially in the last few months but all you do is you pretend there's a string at the top of your head the crown of your head pulling it towards the ceiling so that everything comes really nice and straight and then you bring keeping your shoulders relaxed bring your ear So your left ear down to your left shoulder and -hmm. just let your head hang. If you need a little bit more stretch, you can place your left hand on top of your head. Don't pull down, but just the weight of your hand is going to continue to add a little bit of pressure and stretch out the muscle group we call scalenes. That's Mm -hmm. the one that helps you tilt your head side to side. Then you switch to the right ear, to the right shoulder, and it will stretch out the other side of your neck. Another good one is going to be levator scapulae so it's a muscle that attaches right behind your ear and to the top of your shoulder blade it helps you turn your head side to side like Mm. to look over your shoulder and also to raise your shoulders most of us our shoulders are way too high up in Mm. our ears so stretching this one out will help you look over your shoulders but will also help those shoulders relax Mm. so that they're not stuck up high and your back's not so stressed so for that you're going to turn your nose to whatever opposite shoulder you want to stretch. So if the left side of your back neck is hurting, you'll look at the right, and then you'll turn your nose down towards your shoulder. Mm. Then do the same on the other side. I always do stretches on both sides. That way you're not leaving the body out of balance. Mm. One side might need more stretching than the other, but we still want to stretch both just so that they're more even. And then how often should you do that? Um, I recommend holding the pose for 15 to 30 seconds. Uh, Don't push it to where it hurts. Just push it to where you feel a little discomfort. Mm -hmm. Stretches are uncomfortable, but they don't need to be painful. And do that like three times a day. You could even do the 30 seconds release for three to five seconds and 30 seconds again. Just once a day. Mm -hmm. Um, If you get really great range of motion, then you can start cutting it back. See if you don't need to stretch so much. 
But even just once a day, a quick five-minute full-body stretch routine will bring you so much discomfort relief. Do you have any stretches specifically for, like, your lower back? Because my lower back always hurts. (laughs) (laughs) So um, some of the easiest ones are going to be, I'm sure we all did them in, like, high school gym. But you're going to lay on the ground, keeping both your shoulders flat, mm-hmm. and then legs straightened out, and then you'll just bring the one leg over, keeping your shoulder on the ground. You're going to do this at three different angles, so about 45 degrees, 90 degrees, and then most people can't get much higher, but 115 if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, hold each pose for 15 to 30 seconds. If you need more resistance, then mm-hmm. go ahead and put your hand on top of your knee. That'll add just a little bit of weight and help you um, without straining anything. Mm -hmm. So do both sides like that. And then most of us, piriformis is super tight. So that's one of our deep hip rotators that makes our feet turn out. Mm. My feet both turn out because my glutes and deep hip rotators are way too tight. (laughs) But you will do a... We call it a figure four. You'll bring one ankle up onto the opposite knee mm-hmm. and then pull the knee that was, the leg that was still touching the floor. You'll pull towards your chest while pushing the leg you brought up to begin with mm-hmm. away from you. Okay. So that one is going to stretch the muscle in your glutes that's responsible, mostly responsible for those feet turning outwards. Mm. That one is called piriformis. Um, I'll have videos of these stretches, like, (laughs) done in, like, a cohesive way (laughs) on my social media platforms. But for now, I know that one's kind of hard to explain just by voice. Um, But that one brings me so much release every single day. Like I said, my feet turn out, so that muscle is way short, way too tight. This position, the pigeon position. Mm. So laying on your back is an easy way to modify that. I feel like sometimes when I try to do the pigeon, I like do it wrong and don't feel anything. And then other times it's like the best stretch ever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Half the time when I do pigeon, like the hip that I'm not stretching, like the one that goes behind you, Mm -hmm. is cramps up and pinches so (laughs) the struggle (laughs) (laughs) so I know you mentioned that your feet turning out is kind of a sign that you're tight in your Mm -hmm. glutes and lower back are there any other signs that we can look for besides pain obviously that we probably should see a massage therapist Absolutely. Like I said earlier, pain is one of the last signs that our body tells us something is wrong. A lot of therapists start from the ground up. So the feet turning out is one sign. The knees buckling in or buckling out or you having to lock your knees in place to stand comfortably, that's another sign that there's weakness or dysfunction in probably your quads or hamstrings. Mm. A lot of older people... If you've ever seen someone walking, but they still look like they're kind of sitting, like they're kinked and stuck in that bent 
position in the pelvis and in the hips. Mm -hmm. That tells me there's a lot of tightness in the low back and core muscles. Mm -hmm. Things are not relaxing and bending and flexing the way they're supposed to. So they're stuck in a constant sit, even when they're walking around. Uh, The rolled shoulders, hunchback, our jaw hanging way out in front of us instead of behind us. Most of us, especially in the millennial age group and younger, have really forward head posture. Mm. Our entire world is in front of us. (laughs) Whether it's driving or the computer or our phone, everything's in front of us, and a lot of it is in our lap, too. Mm. So we're looking forward and down. We lean way too much into our work, and that's going to cause a lot of headaches. But before the headaches start, you're probably just going to get kind of out of breath when you talk a lot because your <laughs> diaphragm can't expand the way it's supposed to. We mm. start curling forward and instead of having a lot of room for our diaphragm to expand down, we compress it. Mm. So like me right now, <laughs> out of breath because my posture is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm super out of shape. It's just that I'm sitting incorrectly. So there's not enough room for my lung capacity to fully expand. Mm. So those are some big ones a lot of people experience every day. The dowager hump that a lot of us get, especially like if our grandmothers have it and we're like, oh no, I'm going to have a hunchback. She does. It's not, <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's not necessarily just a genetic thing. It's a, a learned behavior thing. Mm. Our parents watched her walk in posture. We watched our parents walk in posture. So all of us have it because of learning how to posture ourselves but if we can learn how to correct those postures and aid those muscles in holding where they're supposed to be then there's not going to be a need for that extra tissue to lay down so we won't get that hunchback feeling right there so once you have it are you kind of stuck with it or if you're tolerant and willing to work it you can smooth it out and it also depends how bad it gets What the dowager hump is, is extra fascia, so connective tissue, Mm -hmm. layering on top of itself. The body has decided that that's a really weak spot, so it needs extra tissue to stabilize it. A lot of extra tissue, Mm -hmm. because the dowager hump comes from that forward head posture. So it's trying to support your neck Mm -hmm. and your head, your heavy head, with extra connective tissue instead of the neck muscles doing their job because they're too tight and stretched out in the wrong direction to do their job properly. Mm. So we can always smooth out connective tissue. It just takes a long time and patience. So it's easier to just avoid the Ballinger <laughs> hump from forming at all <laughs> yeah. instead of trying to beat it into oblivion to get it to go away. Do you have any um, tips on how to have good posture, whether you're walking or sitting? So we're not designed to sit. This 90-degree angle is not great for our bodies. So if you're going to sit, then take breaks. Like every hour if you can, just go walk a couple laps around the room, around uh, whatever space you're in. Just get some movement going on. If that's not a possibility, then sit as close to the edge of your chair as you can so that your legs can dip down. This is 90 degrees. Have them lower. That way your hip isn't kinked so hard. This is also going to stop you from slouching so bad because if your legs are dangling and you start slouching, you're going to slip off the chair. 
So my first suggestion is always to sit on the edge of your chair. Then pretend there's a string coming out of the top of your head, pulling it to the ceiling. That's going to automatically, without you even thinking about it, pull your head up and back and pull your shoulders back as well. Mm-hmm. Standing and walking. So for standing, the really bony part of our ankle that sticks out, mm-hmm. it's called the lateral malleolus. That is supposed to be in line with your hip bone, where your femur joins the socket. So if you can keep your ankle in line with your hip, in line with your shoulder, in line with your ear bone, or your ear hole, (laughs) all of those in line together are going to keep you upright. It's going to be really hard to lean back or forth if all those points are together. Mm. A lot of us need to adjust our pelvis posture to make that work or we stand too close or too far apart. It's really hard to tell someone, oh, you're standing wrong, without telling them, okay, just take this little adjustment and you'll feel better. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, we're not going to feel better right away. It's going to feel weird and awkward. Our body likes the path of least resistance. We've been standing this way for 10, 20, 30 years. So our body's going to say, no, (laughs) please stop. Do it anyways. Mm -hmm. It's just like when your kid says, I'm not going to eat my vegetables. And you're like, well, they'll, they're good for you. They're going to make you healthier. You don't say, okay, here's a piece of candy. When your kid <laughs> says, no, you say, eat the damn broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> so fight your body. It's not going to be happy about it at first, but correcting your posture, as awkward as it is, is going to be your biggest step in living a more comfortable life. You're, you're with your body forever. It's the only thing you will always have. So if you can't communicate with it correctly, then you're probably going to be in a lot of discomfort for a long time. What do you think about like sitting on like a yoga ball? Is that good or bad? I love it. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) I do. Uh, It forces your core to activate. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to slouch on one. And it also increases your proprioception so your awareness of where your body is at in time and space Mm -hmm. so it's hard to sit on a bouncy woolly ball and not be in control of your body if you're just kind of floppy on it then you're going to fall (laughs) (laughs) there's no way around it you can't just flop onto it just expect to sit like it's an active movement you have to continue to hold your core in, keep up straight, really have your feet planted. A lot of us like to cross our legs when we sit, which is mm-hmm. bad for our hips, bad for our <laughs> knees, bad for our low back. <laughs> um, but you can't do that on a yoga ball. If yeah. you do, you're going to roll off to the side. So <laughs> I love yoga balls. If I could have one at the office, then I definitely would have. But it looks a little unprofessional <laughs> when you're <laughs> bouncing on a big pink ball in the middle of the spa. <laughs> Hello! Sorry to interrupt this interview. I know it's just getting juicy, but if you've ever wanted to work with me, but you might feel like you're not quite ready for one-on-one coaching, then I wanted to let you know that I do have three courses on my website. So if you had to, Asli Maslow, 
Dot-com and click courses, you will see my branding masterclass where you can learn how to create a brand kit. You'll see the Digital Academy of Social Media where you'll learn how to be a social media manager like I used to do. And you'll see Three Day Slay, which will walk you through how to slay your social media in just three days. So be sure to check it out if you've been wanting to up your digital media game and your online brand presence. I'll let you get back to the episode. Have you ever heard of like their little devices that are supposed to help you with your posture and they basically like you basically click clip it on your shirt and then it buzzes if you like where you're supposed to be. What, so what I have think? heard of them and I like them for bringing awareness to your body, mm-hmm. um, making you like proprioception is that awareness of your body and all its parts and time and space. So it really heightens your proprioception, makes you aware of, okay, I'm in the wrong position. But the problem with those things is it doesn't always tell you what the right position is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's like a level. Like when you're building something, a level can be off. It's a tool. It mm-hmm. can break. So the level uh, these devices have sometimes needs calibration or it's doesn't match your body type. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of us are made the exact same way, so all these tools aren't going to help all of us. I like that it brings awareness to the body, but it's not going to correct it itself. You have to make that adjustment. So you mentioned a little bit about your, I might say it wrong, fascia? Fascia? Mm -hmm. Fascia, yeah. Fascia. So I have a fascia blaster. Have -hmm. you heard of that? Yes. (laughs) Is that helpful or do you think it's bunch of crap <laughs> <laughs> if you have slightly higher than average understanding of the human anatomy they're great because you know where to put them but mm-hmm. if you're just kind of aimlessly like jabbing yourself with it and letting it punch you a billion times it may be counterproductive mm-hmm. some people think no pain no gain and go really hardcore with them and just will like stab a cellulite spot or a scar and let it just like vibrate it to hell which sounds like hey yeah I'm gonna make a lot of changes right here right now but if you do too much too fast or you do it in the wrong direction or do it in the wrong spot your body may end up actually laying down more connective tissue more support there because Mm -hmm. now it thinks there's an injury that we need to repair so Eh? (laughs) like I understand that they can be very helpful every tool has its goal it's just that there's too much human error for me to trust them Mm. and a lot of people like I know a lot of my clients use it to work down scar tissue which is great but some people don't have a lot of sensation in scar tissue so they can beat it to hell without being aware of any pain that they're causing in the area even mm. though like they can't feel the pain the damage is still happening yeah so moderation <laughs> everything in moderation and if you can look up some of the anatomy of the area you want to use it in so that you know you're not going to hurt any 
structures that you should be protecting instead of pounding. (laughs) Do you think that that or massage can help cellulite? Yes. So the latest study I read on cellulite is that it's actually fat cells stuck in overly tight fascia. So there are lots of massage techniques that can smooth out and release the fascia, the connective tissue. If the connective tissue is not so tight and overworked, then theoretically that means it could make the appearance of cellulite lessen. I don't think it's going to ever take away cellulite completely, but there Mm -hmm. are a lot of modalities that can smooth out the area, either bring better circulation to the area so that your skin is more hydrated and looks less dimpled or it's smoothing out that connective tissue so that it's not pulling the fat down in the little divoted pockets quite so tight. Mm. I know another massage that you offer is lymphatic drainage. Mm -hmm. Can you share what that is? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So lymphatic drainage massage is one of my favorites because we all have a lymphatic system, but most of us don't know anything about it. It's not like our cardiac system where in school they tell us you have a heart, you have arteries, you have veins, you have capillaries. This is how they work together and it's all in closed circuit. They're just like, hey, you have lymph nodes. Congratulations. (laughs) They get kind of big when you're sick. Maybe we'll take them out. That's it. Um, Mm -hmm. Even in like a lot of massage schools, that's basically the level of education you get on your lymphatic system is hey, you have one, congrats. (laughs) After graduating massage school, lymphatic massage was one of the continuing education courses I took right away. Our lymphatic system is basically our immune system and how it moves throughout the body. The lymph nodes are where our white blood cells are formed. Our body's first reaction to injury is inflammation, which is bringing extra blood and lymphatic fluid to the area, blood nutrients, gives nutrients and our lymphatic system cleans it so the lymphatic fluid goes in there eats everything it shouldn't that shouldn't be there whether it's bacteria virus debris brings it to the lymph nodes where it can clean it and break down further and moves it throughout your body so that it can collect all the debris it needs to collect and move it out the main time i use lymphatic massage is for people who have had any kind of surgery Uh, Mm -hmm. It's really big post-cosmetic surgeries like liposuctions and Brazilian butt lifts to reduce the swelling and aid in the healing process. Um, If you've ever like stubbed your toe and it got really big and swollen or you popped a pimple and it got really big and swollen and that little bit of like clear fluid came out, Mm -hmm. that's your lymphatic fluid. So what Mm -hmm. we're doing is making that fluid come out of the injury It's done its job. It's cleaned everything. Now move out of the way so the swelling can go down and healing can actually start to happen. So it's it's a fun technique. It's really light. It doesn't take much to influence the lymphatic system, but we can make visual, noticeable changes in just a one-hour session. Me, personally, I've been dealing with a lot of um, health issues this last year, which come with widespread inflammation of my body. I thought I was just getting fat, <laughs> but I had a one hour lymphatic session with one of my coworkers and like 
I'm not even kidding. My breast and my stomach were even. And after having the session done, my stomach was two inches shallower than my breasts, which just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was quarantine weight. I've been eating a lot of snacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I do some days. Uh, so realizing, wow, like, yes, I do this all day long, and I see the changes it makes for people, but, like, experiencing it, I was like, hold on, this was actually a lot cooler than I remember it being. It got me excited about it again, and made me realize that there are so many more applications for it than just, oh, someone had lipo, let me swim about their belly a little bit. Mm. Like, we can take away pain and swelling for a lot of people with just a really light touch. If you're inflamed, you probably can't tolerate a lot of touch anyways. So being able to just really softly and smoothly pull that fluid where it belongs instead of where it's stuck is just so cool to me that we can calm everything down with just a little bit of pressure and enough knowledge to know what direction to put it in. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, when you're getting that massage, do you feel like, a flush like I've heard other people talk about it and say that like they feel like something in them is like draining out (laughs) um I could hear the trickling so even though she was like focusing most of the massage on my abdomen I could hear like like it sounded like the faucet was on like behind my ears like just a little bit of like water trickling like behind my ear and I was like that's crazy Another, like, thing a lot of people experience is a lot of swallowing during the massage. Like, their Mm -hmm. mouth is just watering the whole time. It's because our lymphatic system is really closely intertwined with the rest and digest part of our brain. So, you're moving the lymphatic system, and the brain says, oh, we're eating. So, your mouth salivates, you swallow a lot, and get really drooly. (laughs) Some people can hear the trickle, some hear the flush or feel it. Uh, a couple clients I've had were like, oh, wow, because like, it just felt like whoosh in their stomach. Sometimes that's just from our intestines moving food because we're moving and stimulating that digestive system. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's the food moving, sometimes it's a big blockage clears and you can just feel the pressure leave really quickly. And that's kind of that flush or whoosh feeling people get yeah. is that pressure stabilizing wow I need to try (laughs) it I've never done it (laughs) (laughs) do you have any tips on if you want to massage yourself or massage a partner so self-massage is kind of tricky because we can't relax enough for the work to be effective Mm. but for partner massage absolutely um one of my favorite things is to instruct partners how to work on hands and necks. Uh, We don't realize it, but we use our hands a lot in really weird ways. Like, they're not designed to hold our phones in front of us for as long as we have to. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, my thumbs can last a whole day. Like, my hands in general can last a whole day of massaging, but, like, 20 minutes of holding my phone up, my thumb is, like, spasming. (laughs) So I love to instruct uh, partners on how to give each other a really good hand massage. If you start that where the hand meets the wrist and just put some um, 
like medium to firm pressure right where the carpals meet the metacarpals and just do some circles outward and then you're going to take a knuckle because your thumbs if you've ever tried to get your boyfriend to massage you and he's like oh my hands hurt Mm -hmm. like your thumbs don't want to do it that's all they do is thumb you to death yeah so if you take a knuckle then your hands aren't going to get tired so fast but you're going to press down from starting from that base of your hand going towards the tip of your thumb so you can press along the bone and then just inside the bone to the Mm -hmm. meeting part of your hand there yeah this is called your thanar muscle um any of us that get migraines and headaches we probably have a lot of tightness in our thumb muscle here and pressing on here is gonna feel really good but also kind of uncomfortable so you can use your knuckle just to push down through there then you're gonna go in between each finger through your palm all the way to where that finger webbing is Mm -hmm. same thing taking your knuckle pressing down and then strip it you're gonna do that from thumb all the way over pinky and then you're gonna focus on that pad where the pinky starts Mm -hmm. and do the same thing and then we don't realize it but we have these tiny little muscles in between our knuckles on each finger Mm -hmm. so if you just do some medium to deep pressure on the tops of your fingers in between your knuckles it feels really good Uh, arthritis starts from those muscles getting too tight for too long so then they start pulling on the tendons and pulling the fingers into really awkward uncomfortable positions Mm -hmm. and stressing the joints so if you can just smooth out those little muscles it might be kind of tender because it's not muscle we touch often but it'll make a big difference in your hand in the long run Hmm. for the neck i like to come from the base of the neck like where the neck meets the shoulder in the back where the like where most people think our traps in mm-hmm. if you go there right along the spine from the base of the neck to the base of the skull go up and then down and then back up and then back down that's going to relax the erectors so the muscles that hold your head up and then you're going to go along the base of the skull from that like hollow point mm-hmm. in the middle of the back of your skull do circles from there out to your ear and then back in and then the other side from the hollow out to your ear and then back in with just little circular motions with your thumb if your thumb gets tired then you can use a couple fingers together Mm -hmm. and they'll do a similar pressure but it's super easy most of us are chronically tight in the back of our neck Mm -hmm. especially where the neck meets the head So if we can release that at the suboccipitals and the occipitals, then it it relieves a lot of pressure. It's easier to hold your head up and back instead of letting it drag forward and stress your head out more. Mm. And you're less likely to get headaches if those muscles are loosened up. I was wondering how massage therapists don't get tired because I'll massage my boyfriend for like 10 minutes and then I'm like, hey, my hands hurt. Like, I don't know. (laughs) It's because we use our body weight instead of like relying on our thumbs all the time Mm -hmm. and trying to like muscle through the tough muscles. Yeah. If you just like get like a soft fist, like Mm -hmm. not like you're going to punch someone, but just loosely close your hand Mm -hmm. and 
lean on your hand. Like if you're trying to put like all your weight into your thumbs in someone's trap muscle and trying to like pull it apart, yeah, yeah. your hands get tired pretty <laughs> fast. But if like you use your body weight, then instead of having like five pounds of pressure, you have like 50 pounds of pressure mm. going into that muscle. And with a soft, broad tool, it relaxes a lot better than just like trying to jab a muscle into <laughs> behaving. Because <laughs> yes, if I use like sharp tools like my thumbs and my fingertips all day, every day, then yeah, my hands would be so tired. Yeah. But since I use my body weight more than anything, my hands don't get that tired. My shoulders don't get tired. If anything, it's my forearms and my low back. But that's just from needing to correct my posture. <laughs> as far as, because I used to work at, as a receptionist at a okay. spa. And I know that, I can't remember what it was, but certain pregnant women, like during certain trimesters, you can't get massages, right? Yeah. What is so? Generally, they recommend no massage during the first trimester, but that's a tricky one. If most people don't know they're high risk in the first trimester, so that's a lot of the time why they say don't do it, mm. or they don't know they're pregnant yet. A lot of people <laughs> are afraid to touch pregnant women in general. Yeah. That first trimester is when your body is making a lot of huge changes that you can't see. So your hormones are all over the place. Your pelvis is repositioning itself and you're making room for everything to start shifting. So the body can get overwhelmed pretty easy. It's not that we can't touch you in the first trimester. It's that you probably don't want us touching you and we don't know enough about what's going on yet. If you're aware of everything that's going on, then absolutely we can work with you, work within your comfort zone, and we're not going to hurt the fetus. Um, you can still lay on your belly as long as your uterus hasn't popped above your pelvic bone yet. So as long as you haven't started showing, um, you're probably good to still lay on your belly. We're not going to put too much pressure into the uterus. Um, we're able to work around it. It's just most spas don't want you, don't want that risk. Mm. Uh, and then a lot of spas don't want the risk of you going into labor on their table. So they say <laughs> the last like four weeks, we don't want to see you either. Mm. But that's when like, you're so uncomfortable. All you want is for someone to touch you. Yeah. Like just rub my feet or my legs or my low back, my shoulders, my hands, something. Just make something feel better. So as long as there's not any complications of like if you go into labor there's not anything that bad is going to happen we can keep seeing you even up until past your due date mm -hmm. uh, some women specifically get massaged in the last two weeks to try to get things to relax enough to get labor started mm -hmm. there's no evidence that shows that yes massage is going to cause labor to happen it's just hey anything is <laughs> worth it at this point is it true that, because I know they would tell people that if you hit certain nerves in like your hands or your feet, it could trigger you to go into labor. Is that true? Yes, but one, everybody is different. So finding that specific nerve is pretty difficult. <laughs> Two, you need to hit it rhythmically and continuously. 
So there are points in your hands and your ankles and even in your shoulders that encourage bearing down. So that downward pressure of our body and not pushing, Mm -hmm. um, which is what labor does is pushes everything down and out. But unless you're like really rhythmic, really specific with it, you're not going to be able to do enough to affect it. If like you touch someone's shoulder and they go into labor, they were going to go into labor anyways. (laughs) It's not like, oh my gosh, I have the magic touch. I just poked the button. Like it's not a button like that. Okay. It's uh, tapping into that energy flow and kind of communicating with it, encouraging it and being really persistent. So on these episodes, we always talk about philanthropy and how you give back. So Mm -hmm. can you share just a couple ways that you give back and what makes you want to do that? So I am all about women helping women and supporting moms as much as I can. So for the last couple of years, I've been putting a little bit of money aside every year to um, try to build a scholarship for single parents going back to school. So with my private business that's going to continue no matter what I'm going to be setting aside a little bit of money to contribute to some scholarship somewhere for single parents to go back to school Uh, I also always encourage anyone in need of massage whether you think you can afford it or not there's always something we can do to figure it out your like I said earlier your body is the one thing you're gonna have your entire life so if we can figure out how to keep you in it and keep you comfortable I'm going to do whatever I can in my power to keep you there. I don't want anyone ever to think that, oh, comfort is outside of my price range. That's not a thing. I have a three-year-old, so, like, I get it. Money is tight for everyone, but we can always figure something out. Even if it's you help your friend with something that they need a lot of help with, I can reciprocate with, like, a a chain effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, like a butterfly effect. I help you, you help them, they help someone else. I'm not in a position to like do big charity events where we put on um, like a, like a chair massage event where it's all proceeds go to a charity or it's all free just for advertisement. Um, but I hope to get to that point someday. I just don't have concrete plans for that yet. <laughs> One day. <laughs> someday. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to get into your best tips to be pretty AF. What is your number one tip for travel? (laughs) If you can, take walking breaks. Sitting is hard, flying is hard, take breaks. If you're going to fly, compression socks. We all swell, we all get puffy. The pressurized cabins wreak havoc on our lymphatic system. Compression socks are not pretty AF, but (laughs) when you take them off and you're not puffy and fluffy, you will feel much prettier than you typically do getting off of an airplane. Yeah. Um, And drink water. Water, water, water. Uh, Even though you're just sitting, you don't think you're doing anything, traveling is still stressful. Flush that stress out of your system, keep yourself hydrated, and you'll feel better for it. Do you think it's better to get a massage before or after you either fly or drive along, period? Um, that's a tough one. It depends how long you're traveling for. Um, 
In a perfect world, I would say if you're flying, get a lymphatic massage before you fly and when you land. I know that's not possible, <laughs> but if you get the lymphatic massage before your flight, then your body's going to puff up less. You're going to be less uncomfortable. And when you land, it's going to take less time for your body to recover. As far as driving, that sitting posture is going to be uncomfortable. You're going to end up sitting in some weird positions to try to compensate. So I would probably recommend a massage after a long drive and a lot of stretching breaks in between. Mm, Yeah. What is your number one tip for wellness? Drink water, get a lot of sleep, and pay attention to your body. We are really good at ignoring ourselves. Um, Most of us live really introspectively, but outwardly. So we spend a lot of time in our head and then pay attention to everything around us. But Mm -hmm. we don't pay attention to the body we're in. So if you can learn to communicate with your body and figure out what it's asking, that's going to make your life so much easier. I realized when once I started seeing a chiropractor, like how much pain I was actually in because they would make you, they would ask you about it every week. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, oh, I never realized like all these random pains. <laughs> yeah, no, our brain does that really cool effect where it blocks out constant stimulus. And pain is definitely a constant stimulus. Most of us are achy everywhere. <laughs> but you don't realize it until someone asks you or someone touches it. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize my foot hurt. Yeah. what is your number one life tip don't be afraid to ask for help Uh, massage is asking for help it's saying my body hurts something's not right there's a dysfunction and I don't know how to fix it myself so Mm -hmm. and we can't it's like I said it's really hard to give yourself a self-massage but it's easier to tell someone hey I've been having this pain in my shoulder for six months and I can't move my arm anymore can you do anything about it it's easier to ask them that and them say I don't know if I can but maybe she can Mm -hmm. and then to just say okay well I'm just not going to use my arm for the rest of my life (laughs) just ask for help (laughs) well thank you so much for taking the time from your three-year-old your jobs all the stuff you're doing to come and answer all my questions Absolutely. How can people find you or work with you or talk to you? So right now, the best way to get a hold of me is on my Instagram page at massage underscore by underscore Kira. And that's where you can DM me any questions you have about my services, set up an appointment, or just ask me anything you want to know about massage in general. I am a big nerd about anatomy (laughs) and about massage, so I can, as you have found out ramble forever (laughs) and I'm more than happy to so yeah Instagram is the best way to get in contact with me for now so this is the last question that I ask every guest what does being pretty AF mean to you to me it means accepting your body for what it is and figuring out what is the best way to help it it's not striving for these impossible goals it's accepting who you are how you are and learning to live within that uh, in a very happy comfortable way the prettiest people aren't necessarily the ones who photoshop themselves into being something better it's the people that just love being them Mm. they just bring this sparkle to the room 
um, if you can bring that sparkle from how much you love yourself, then go for it. Thank you so much, Kara, for taking the time to answer all my questions. I know I had a lot of them in this episode. And if you haven't done so yet, click the links in the show notes, check her out on Instagram, go follow her, check out those different stretches she mentioned in the show, and I will see you on next week's solo episode. Thank you for taking this time for yourself to get one step closer to a life you love. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left me a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on. Tell me what you want to hear more of or your favorite parts of the episode. Until next time, I'm Ozzy Maslow. Lots of love. And don't forget, you're pretty AF.